Philemon. It is a very, very short book, only one chapter, 25 verses, right before Hebrews, if you're not familiar with where that is. And uh, Philemon is uh, one of the four prison epistles that Paul wrote during his first imprisonment at Rome. He was under, uh, and if you'll keep in mind, his first imprisonment at Rome was, was more like a house arrest. Uh, he was able to receive visitors and um, uh, have some fellowship and people around him. Uh, by the time they got to the second uh, imprisonment, it was after Nero had burned Rome and persecution had grown so strong against the Christians that they had put him in a much stronger imprisonment where he was not able to receive visitors and guests and he was not put in a home or house but more into a, the, the dungeon type of a, a prison. So this letter was written as one of the four letters that he wrote during his first imprisonment. They were Ephesians and Philippians and then Colossians and Philemon. Now, um, Colossians and Philemon were written at the same time and were sent by the hand of Tychicus to the church at Colossae. And so they went on the same journey. They got there about the same, you know, at the same time because they were carried by the same person. But this is a very personal letter. Paul writes this not to necessarily the whole church, uh, but specifically to uh, a, a leader that was in the church uh, at Colossae, the man by the name of Philemon, apparently a fairly wealthy fellow. Um, he had been converted by Paul. He had, Paul had led him to the Lord probably sometime when he was in Ephesus. They probably met while, he was in, while Paul was at Ephesus for an extended period of time. But uh, the church at Colossae actually met in Philemon's house. And so he, was a, he had a large house, a uh, big household. He had servants and slaves uh, and back then. And, and understand that uh, the slaves that were back then were not quite like slaves today uh, or that, that we've had in recent years here in the United States in the 1800s, 17, 1800s. Um, slaves oftentimes were treated very well by their masters. And so much so that oftentimes... Uh, slaves did not want to leave even if they could. Uh, once their debt had been paid or they'd been purchased their liberty, they could become uh, a bond slave or a bond servant and volunteer to live uh, and continue to serve their masters because they were treated usually so well. Apparently, uh, there was a, a slave by the name of Onesimus that Philemon owned, and apparently... Uh, we're, not, we're not sure of what the circumstances were as to why it happened, but Onesimus ran away. He was a runaway slave uh, that had belonged to Philemon. I don't know if he was being mistreated, if he was just a young man and was tired of you know, living in, in that household and just wanted to go. The Bible doesn't really give us the specifics on that. Uh, but he makes his way, <coughs> Onesimus makes his way from uh, Colossae over to Rome, and somehow meets the Apostle Paul. And there's a couple of possibilities there. It could be that um, once he got there, he began to hear of Paul, um, and perhaps maybe some of the Christians there in Rome had reached out to him, perhaps. Um, but I, I would say this, that I believe that he probably was already somewhat aware of the Apostle Paul, just because of the fact that Paul had been responsible for Philemon's salvation. I'm sure Philemon spoke of him to his household. The fact that the church met in his house, um, the fact that uh, Philemon was one of the church leaders, probably the one that was pastoring that church at the time. Um, but uh, anyway, Onesimus 
found his way to Rome. Now, the, in that day, Roman law uh, allowed for, um, and they did it on purpose, but they allowed for very uh, severe discipline of the slaves, and they were even okay with uh, very violent and cruel uh, capital punishment for runaway slaves. And so uh, you got to understand that Onesimus, once he ran away, he had no intention of going back to Philemon. Uh, he was, a, a man would be foolish to do such a thing, um, you know, from everything that the world would look at. But while he's in Rome, he meets the Apostle Paul, and Paul leads Onesimus uh, to the Lord. For a while, uh, Onesimus is with Paul, learning and, and being mentored in his ministry. Paul refers to him as a fellow servant, a fellow laborer, and uh, that he had become very profitable to him. And so when he writes back to Colossae, and he's getting ready to send a letter to the church at Colossae, um, he talks to Onesimus and he says, Onesimus, you really need to go back and get some things as a Christian brother now. You need to go back and get things right with your master. And so he sends him uh, with Tychicus and he writes this letter to Philemon. Now, I don't normally do this in the uh, the overviews as we're doing these New Testament uh, surveys, but since this is only 25 verses long, I want us to read the letter and keep in mind the story, the backstory behind the writing of this letter. Okay, so we're going to read it together, and then we'll go through and point out a few things about it. Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, and Timothy, our brother, unto Philemon, our dearly beloved and fellow laborer, and to our beloved Aphia and Archippus, our fellow soldier, to the church in thy house. Now, Aphia and uh, Archippus were uh, Philemon's wife and son, so that's why they were mentioned there. They were also considered, uh, uh, Archippus was also considered, the son was considered a fellow soldier, so probably had some type of leadership in the church as well. And he says, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God, making mention of thee always in my prayers hearing of thy love and faith which thou hast toward the Lord Jesus and toward all, the, all saints, that the communication of thy faith may become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. For we have great joy and consolation in thy love because the bowels of the saints are refreshed by the brethren. So we find that no matter what the the life was of Philemon prior to his salvation. Could have been that he was a cruel master. And that could have been why Onesimus ran away. I don't know. But certainly by the time of Paul's writings, he was known as a very benevolent, very loving, uh, so much so that he tells us here in verse number 7 uh, that they have great consolation because the bowels of the saints are refreshed by thee, brother. So apparently he was some great blessing to those that were Christian friends, brothers and sisters in Christ. Verse 8, he says, Wherefore, though I might be much bold in Christ to enjoin thee that which is convenient, for love, yet for love's sake I rather beseech thee, being such an one as Paul the aged and now also a prisoner of Jesus Christ, I beseech thee for my son Onesimus, whom I have begotten in my bonds, which in time past was to thee unprofitable, but now profitable to thee and to me whom I have sent again, whom therefore receive him, that is mine own bowels, whom I would have retained with me, that in thy stead he might have ministered unto me in the bonds of the gospel. But without thy mind would I do nothing, that thy benefit should not be, as it were, of necessity, but willing. 
For perhaps he therefore departed for a season that thou shouldest receive him forever, not now as a servant, but above a servant, a brother beloved, especially to me. But how much more unto thee, both in the flesh and in the Lord? If thou count me therefore a partner, receive him as myself. If he hath wronged thee or owed thee aught, put that on mine account. I, Paul, have written it with mine own hand, I will repay it, albeit I do not say to thee how thou owest unto me even thine own self besides. Yea, brother, let me have joy of thee in the Lord, refresh my bowels in the Lord. Having confidence in thy obedience, I wrote unto thee, knowing that thou wilt also do more than I say. But withal prepare me also a lodging, uh, for I trust that through your prayers I shall be given unto you. There uh, salute thee Epaphras, my fellow servant in Christ Jesus, Marcus, Aristarchus, Demas, Lucas, my uh, fellow laborers, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Uh, Amen. And so basically what Paul is telling uh, Philemon is, I would have kept Onesimus with me. He's that profitable. But since he really technically belongs to you is what he was saying, I didn't want to do it without your uh, acknowledging, so I'm sending him back to you. And he says, I'm wanting you to receive him, not as a servant now. I want you to receive him as a brother and more than a brother. I want you to receive him as a fellow laborer in Christ. And, um, and then he goes on to say, to take whatever penalty or whatever uh, was owed, quite possibly Onesimus may have even robbed Philemon when he left. And he said, whatever is owed to you, he said, put that on my account. Now, he's not demanding Philemon to do this. He's asking Philemon to do this of his own will. He said, I'm not, I'm not forcing you to do this. I'm asking you to do it willingly, with a willing spirit. And um, then he talks about the fact that, uh, verse 21 I like, uh, because he says, Having confidence in thy obedience, I wrote unto thee, knowing that thou wilt also do more than I say. So we never hear uh, the result of this letter. We don't know what the result is from Scripture. However, the very fact that it is part of our Scripture would give us the idea that Philemon obviously Uh, dealt very favorably with it, probably did exactly what Paul said in verse 21, that he did more even than what Paul had asked him to do in restoring him. Um, This is uh, basically 25 verses. There's three uh, divisions of it, three parts of it. I'll give those to you very quickly. The first one is verses 1 to 7. In verses 1 to 7, Paul gives thanks for Philemon and for his testimony, and uh, specifically in two areas in the area of his love and in the area of his faith. Uh, These two areas he gives thanks uh, for Philemon. Uh, He writes (coughs) as a prisoner of Jesus Christ and uh, is giving uh, acknowledgement and thanks for the joy. Uh, Verse 7 is kind of a key verse, I think, uh, where he says, For we have great joy and consolation in thy love, because the bowels of the saints are refreshed by thee, brethren. It gives us kind of the... The, the picture or the character of who Philemon was as a person. Paul gives a very clear description of him here as far as his character, his compassion, uh, how God had changed his life at least in uh, being saved. And so that is uh, the first section. The second section is uh, verses 8 to 16. This is where Paul makes his request of Philemon. And there's a couple things that are interesting to note. First of all, Paul doesn't come to him from a place of authority and says, Philemon, you have to do this. Uh, There were times that Paul did that uh, when he was correcting uh, Peter 
on the issue of uh, requiring circumcision of the Gentiles to be saved. Uh, Paul withstood him to the face. He was very bold. He was very insistent. He does not do that with Philemon. He comes to Philemon and he says, I could do that, but I want I wanted to do it this way because I want you to do it with a willing heart. I want you to do it willingly. And so he doesn't command um, for Philemon to pardon Onesimus, but he does ask him to, and he beseeches him. And then uh, he uh, kind of puts uh, Philemon in way of remembrance for two things. Uh, first of all, that he was forgiven by the Lord Jesus Christ. And the fact that Philemon owed uh, even his own salvation to the Apostle Paul. And so he kind of reminds him of that and says, you know, again, it's kind of like, uh, <laughs> it's kind of like not demanding him, but reminding him, hey, you owe me, and I'm asking you to do this as a favor. And that's kind of the approach that Paul takes it uh, from it. And then he urges Philemon uh, not to punish Onesimus, but to regard him as a servant and more than a servant, as a brother beloved. In verse number 16, he speaks of this. He says, "Now, uh, not now as a servant, but above a servant, a brother beloved. And so, uh, to treat him in such a way. And uh, as, again, as far as we know, uh, from the very fact that we even have this book, uh, this letter in our Bible, uh, chances are that Philemon qu uh, quite obviously did do that and treated him quite well. The last section is verses 17 to 25. And this is where Paul kind of... Um, takes the obligation or the debt of Onesimus and says, I want you to put that on my account. Um, and then he gives a salutation. It's interesting, he mentions several people here, and I'm just going to mention them very quickly in verse 23. He says, There salute the Epaphras, my fellow servant in Christ Jesus, Marcus, uh, uh, and uh, Aristarchus. Now, uh, Aristarchus, if I remember correctly, is only mentioned four times, I think, in the whole New Testament. If you take an opportunity to read the accounts where he's mentioned, Aristarchus was one of the few people that was with the Apostle Paul, it seems like, through thick and thin. I mean, he was there. When, when some other people weren't there, he was there. And he's, not much is said of him, but boy, what a testimony it seems to be in Scripture of this guy named Aristarchus. Demas is the one that in his second imprisonment by Rome, he said, Demas hath forsaken me, and having loved this present world. And so um, Demas was for a time uh, helpful there. Of course, Luke, uh, Lucas, uh, his fellow laborer. Uh, so these men at this time were, uh, uh, were helping the Apostle Paul. Epaphras was actually imprisoned with Paul, and uh, these men were men of great... Uh, standing. I think it's interesting as you read, sometimes you read these salutations, you think, well, that's just the ending of the letter. But if you start looking at the people that are involved in them, there is uh, some encouragement just in, in knowing who they are and what they've done with the Apostle Paul, how they've been a help to him. And then uh, the author of Philemon, of course, is the Apostle Paul. He's mentioned it three different times in verse number 1, in verse number 9, and in verse number 19, Paul refers to himself being the author, that's all the reason we need to know that he was the author. There are biblical scholars, quote-unquote, air quotes, out there that uh, some of them refute that and contest that. Uh, folks, if we believe the Bible to be the inerrant, infallible Word of God, if Paul says he was the writer of it, then Paul was the writer of it. And we don't need to question anything beyond that. Uh, this book was written somewhere around 61 or 62 AD, like I said, around the same time uh, as Colossians. Uh, was written, 
Uh, Paul speaks of his soon release. He believes he's going to be released quite soon uh, and be able to come and see Philemon himself. Um, and then the Christ of Philemon. This is, I love this. I love the way the book of Philemon reads and Paul's letter. It so eloquently, so exactly pictures the word of Christ. It's probably one of the best allegories or symbolisms of, of Christ and his work. Uh, that I, I, I know of in Scripture. I want to just very quickly run through and mention as you read this letter and think of these things. The, the forgiveness of Onesimus is kind of the main theme um, and serves as this, this uh, excellent example uh, of Christ's ministry, Christ's work. And so I'm just going to go through the points of the, of the book, and that is this. Onesimus was guilty of a great offense. In fact, so great of an offense that for all practical purposes, it was going to cost him his life. He was, he was condemned. He was a runaway slave and uh, could not come back to Philemon on his own. There was no chance of that happening. Uh, he was destined to be forever separated uh, from his master. Paul had a great love for Onesimus. And uh, because of the great love for Onesimus and great compassion and great concern for him, he leads him to the Lord and allows him to become saved. And uh, he uh, goes to intercede on behalf of Onesimus. He writes this letter as a letter of intercession on behalf of Onesimus now that he's saved. And says, I'm willing to take his debt. I'm willing to take that. And to pay it all. Put that on my account. And, uh, well, what a beautiful picture of what the Lord Jesus Christ does. He lays aside his own rights, Paul does. He says, you know, he's a Roman citizen. He's, he's got all these rights. He's looked to uh, well by those that were in the Christian faith at the time and those churches that were around there. He had great uh, liberty in some areas. He laid aside those rights and said he would take uh, the place of Onesimus in paying what was owed to Philemon. And then we find uh, Philemon's gracious act. Uh, to restore Onesimus and to give him a brand new relationship. No longer a servant, but now a brother beloved. And as we look at this whole story, uh, you can see how Christ is so easily pictured in this. That we who were slaves and were, uh, were uh, certainly had done great wrong uh, to the Lord and uh, were not able to pay our debt. There was no way to come back to Him. Christ loved us so much that He came and gave himself and put himself in our place. He was our substitute. And then he intercedes for us. He intercedes on our behalf to the Father. And then the Father's grace extended, making us no longer a slave to sin, but now a child of God. And boys, you take an opportunity to read this letter. You see the wonderful work of the, of the Savior just pictured in every aspect of it. And I think that's why Paul could so easily... Um, write to Philemon and request these things and remind him, Philemon, you've been forgiven. You've, Christ has forgiven you. Uh, you need to be able to forgive Onesimus. And uh, again, to be able to picture this so clearly. The theme of the book is forgiveness from slavery. Forgiveness from slavery. And then there are two key verses. Uh, verse number 16 and 17. Let's read those very quickly. Not now as a servant, but above a servant, a brother beloved, especially 
to me, but how much more unto thee, both in the flesh and in the Lord. If thou count me therefore a partner, receive him as myself. And isn't that a wonderful picture of Christ? Christ stands before the Father and says, I want you to receive him as myself. I'm giving my credentials to him. I'm giving my righteousness to him. And oh, what a beautiful, beautiful picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. Does anybody want to take a guess at what the key chapter is? It's not chapter 2, I'll tell you that. It is going to be chapter 1, obviously, because there is only one chapter here. But uh, a wonderful book. It's a small book, and it's written to a person, and it's written about some events that uh, we know from other portions of Scripture. We piece the story together and from some historical facts of what had actually happened there. Uh, but an excellent book, and very important that you kind of understand the setting and what uh, kind of uh, is behind all of this letter uh, that Paul writes to Philemon. And if you get a chance, uh, take a few minutes maybe this week or next and look up a few of these folks in the salutation at the very end of the letter, and especially Aristarchus. Uh, I, I came across Aristarchus probably about 12 years ago in reading and I started looking him up and trying to figure some things out about him. And just a little bit, and I mean it's just a little bit that's written about him. But the thing that encouraged me so much about him was his faithfulness to the ministry of the Apostle Paul. And when, when others rejected him, when others forsook him, other fellow laborers were not there, Aristarchus was there. And not much said of him again, but, but certainly a faithful, faithful fellow. So I would encourage you maybe to take a few minutes to look him up. And uh, it might be an encouragement to you. We're going to get out a few minutes early uh, for Sunday school. It was a small book. So we got done a little bit earlier than we normally do. So take time to fellowship a little bit. And we should be right about on time uh, at 11 o'clock to start our next service. Let's go ahead and stand together. We'll be dismissed in prayer.